Welcome to the Podcock PCAST. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Joining me on the program, as always, Mr. Bobby Russell. What's happening? Uh, not a whole lot. We're on the eve of the, the real crown jewel of the triple crown of horse racing, the, the Preakness Stakes at Pimlico. So it's, uh, it's a good weekend coming up, and uh, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. Um, I guess maybe I will squeeze that in at the end of this thing. We got a jam-packed show. I don't want to waste too much of your time. Uh, but we're doing, we'll do racing at the end. Um, even though it started today, we'll talk a little PGA Championship. NHL Conference Finals, but we'll start with the NBA's Final Four here um, in, in basketball. All right, both series tipped off underway. Uh, the Lakers-Nuggets uh, Nuggets took game one. The uh, What was that? Tuesday night in a good game. Then last night, the Heat-Celtics uh, tipped off with uh, Miami stealing game one in that series. So we'll start with the West right now. Um, game two is later tonight. We record this on a Thursday for those keeping at home. The series odds, uh, Denver opened as a one, uh, minus 157 favorite. Um, obviously those odds have shifted here as I try to pull those up. But Bobby, uh, did game one influence you? Were you on the nuggets before that? How do you think the series go? What are you, what are you expecting here? Yeah, I'm still on the nuggets as I was before. Uh, I, th- I think they get it done in six. The Lakers showed that they can come back in the game. The Nuggets got off to that big lead, and then the Lakers just chipped away, chipped away, and then down to the end. I think the the Nuggets' continuity and their 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 team team chemistry and team build kind of won that game for them there. The Lakers just a little bit gassed, uh, so I, I think the Lakers end up getting one or two in this. So I think it's Nuggets and six. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still riding with with the Nuggets out there. Yeah, well, before the series started, I, I thought I had the Lakers in seven. I'm going to stick with that uh, current series price right now, by the way. Uh, Denver minus 278 Lakers on the plus 200 uh, take back uh, before game two tips off here. Um, I, I don't disagree with you, though. I think the Nuggets, when they're playing their style of basketball, uh, they're playing up and down, the up and down game. Uh, letting their offense dictate the pace and, and the and the nature of the game. Um, I think they're better than the Lakers, but I, I think at certain points of the series, it's going to be a half-court game, um, and I think that's kind of what we saw in the fourth quarter the other night. It turned into a half-court game, and, and the Lakers were, were better now. They didn't win the game. Um, the Lakers are so damn good um, at home, too, in the playoffs, haven't lost yet, so, I you know, they just need to steal one. I still, I'll stay with the Lakers uh, in seven, but uh, I don't know. I'm probably like a five or a four out of ten on, on the confidence meter there. But uh, um, I think we're in for a long series um, in the East. Celtics Heat. Uh, before the series started, Celtics were minus five hundred favorite. The Heat were plus three seventy on the take back. Now. Boston minus 225, the Heat down to plus 170 um, after stealing game one. I have a, I had Boston in six. I'll stay with that pre-series. Um, then I'll, I'll get your thoughts. My, but mine is just – I think Spolstra is obviously awesome, and, and the Heat play hard, and they defend, yada, yada, yada. They're going to be a gnat. They're going to be tough to get out. But I, I got to take the talent ultimately wins out. 
with Boston, and uh, that that's kind of what I'm going to stick with. I might bump it up to seven now after uh, the Heat took game one, but I still think we get a Lakers-Celtics finals for the umpteenth time, which uh, would be amazing. But uh, your thoughts on game one, your Celtics, the Heat, the whole series, take it away. Yeah, I'm, I'm still confident in the Celtics. I think I had them in six before. I'm going to stay with Celtics in six in this one. Uh, you know, tomorrow night, I think that you see a completely different team, uh, different lineup even. Um, you know, we saw Peyton Pritchard for the first time in what feels like forever. Uh, no Grant Williams. So I, I think the Celtics will figure out the matchups and everything that'll get all set and straightened away. And the Miami Heat aren't going to have a 46-point quarter every single game. That that was just <laughs> that they couldn't miss. And the Celtics just didn't give a goddamn about defense. So it was just there was really no effort, no heart from the Celtics in that game. And, you know, we, we've seen it the past two series. You know, they drop games at home where the only team left that doesn't have a winning record at home in the playoffs, but a better record on the road. So I, I, I think they'll be all right. They'll definitely get one back in Miami, starting with getting this one back tomorrow night, bringing it back to one-to-one. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to move it to Celtics in seven in this one, I think. I, I just think it, it's, it's aiming that way. Like you said, Jimmy Butler kind of wills that team and Spolstra's. He's he's a he's a good coach, so I think that kind of does for something. But again, the Celtics won three quarters. They just couldn't sustain getting outscored by twenty one in the third, um, and really having Tatum take five shots in the second half. Or we could get whatever we wanted in the paint, but the three point shots weren't there, and that's what this team's built on. So that if you're not making up on the three point shots, you're not going to score that many points. So We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident in them. And I, I think, you know, uh, Celtics Nuggets is my final, what we're going to see. All right, man. Well, let's go to the final four on the ice. Now, NHL Conference Finals. Haven't started yet to get started tonight with the Eastern Conference tilt. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes minus 139 for the series. The Florida Panthers plus 117 on the other side. Here I'm excited for the series. Uh, I will turn it to you first, though. Here in the East, Hurricanes, Panthers. How do you think it shakes out, and who do you have? Yeah, this is the the Eastern Conference final that we all predicted. So, I, oh I yeah, think everyone's happy to see this. But uh, yeah, two styles. I think the Hurricanes, you know, they're up and down. They like to skate fast, and then the, the Panthers, they like to frustrate you, get under your skin, um, and, and play bully hockey. So the two styles will be at at things there uh to Votera Vinen coming back for the Hurricanes I think that's big I think he'll be big on the power play for them kind of get that going and um you know I, I think it's going to come down to home ice and I think the Hurricanes have uh one of the best environments one of the best home ices in, in the league so I'm, I'm going to take the Hurricanes in seven in this one this will be a fun series uh a lot of overs in this one I see I see tonight it's over five and a half so I'm definitely hammering that um I I, I just you know the Panthers they, they just put pucks on that and they, they find ways to score and the hurricanes are methodical and they, they can, they can kind of surgically take care of things. So fun series. Um, we're going to have an all warm weather uh, Stanley cup final uh, for ice hockey. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah. So hurricanes and seven, man, I like that one. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this series. Um, you mentioned at Carolina, they really don't get out of what they do. Um, very structurally sound team. Uh, both these teams flat get out after it, hungry on pucks. So I'm excited to watch that. I, to me, I think there's it's twofold. I, I'm gonna take the Panthers in seven. I think Bravas 
Bob Bobrovsky uh, in that it has been a huge difference maker for this team. I think Florida has a little more top end uh, depth with the forwards, um, but twofold, I guess, if you're Bobby or a Carolina backer, I've doubted the Hurricanes the whole playoffs, and they just keep you know shoving it in my face. So. Uh, congrats, I guess, to Carolina on making another Stanley Cup here. Uh, but I, I just like the mojo Florida's got. Um, and and I think we get a seven-game series, and game seven's a coin flip. I know what you said about Carolina is true about their building and stuff like that. Uh, hell of an environment down there in Raleigh. But uh, I, I like the Panthers uh, just taking a shot here. Um, I mean, plus 117. Um Currently, I think it opened at plus 105, so some money's definitely hit on Carolina in the series. But, uh, yeah, I, just taking a shot here. Uh, in the West, Vegas, they dispatched uh, Edmonton, and they will take on the Dallas Stars, who uh, got taken uh, to seven games by the, the Kraken. So um, I'm actually I'm, I'm pumped up for both, but I like this matchup here. Uh, Vegas minus 125. Dallas plus 106 for the series odds. Um, I think the money's been pretty even on it. That's kind of where it opened. Man, I'll give my pick. I, I'm going to take Vegas in seven. To me, it's a coin flip because I think Vegas, they're big. They're athletic. They're deep. Dallas is deep as well. I don't think they're as big or athletic. Um, Dallas probably has the advantage in goal with the, uh, Ottinger. But the Aiden Hills came in the last like three or four games of the Edmonton series. He's a huge six foot five goaltender, huge guy. Um, he's played well, but I mean, this is what the fourth conference finals in six seasons as a franchise for Vegas. I know it's been different coaches, but um, pretty much the same core of guys there. And uh, I don't know. I was really impressed what they did to Edmonton in that series. So I think Vegas gets it done and heads to another Stanley Cup final. Uh, Bob, your thoughts here in the West? Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you with Vegas. I got Vegas in seven as well. It's a pretty evenly matched uh, mm-hmm. series. Uh, I mean, that's evidenced by the odds here and everything. And I think it comes down to, to goalies here. Ottinger is great. I think he's one of the top five goalies in the league right now. Uh, yeah. You, you said at Aiden Hill, it, it takes one guy to get hot this time of year, and then you ride that wave all the way through. And I, I think that's going to be part of the, the, the equation here. The other half of the equation, I think, is coaching. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, as much as it pains me to say, it, it, it's good to see him you know, step right in from what he did in Boston, Stanley Cup final, a couple final Eastern Conference final runs. Um, so I, I think that it's gonna he's going to put the guys in the right place, and he'll, he'll have the schemes right and everything. So I, I'm also riding with Vegas in seven, and uh, a Vegas-Carolina uh, all-time great Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Hey, hey, at least we're keeping it stateside, uh, whatever, since 94. Mm-hmm. or uh, Yeah, so I think that the Canadians in 93 was the last Can- uh, Canada Stanley Cup champion. So uh, suck it, Canada, I guess is what we're saying. Uh, PJ, yeah, <laughs> PJ Championship uh, is in progress right now. Round one got teed off today. Um, where are we at here? We're, we're at Oak Hill Country Club. Uh, almost a 7,400-yard course, a lot of rough. It, it reminds me of a U.S. Open track, just how long it is uh, with the crazy rough. Um, pre-tournament, for full disclosure, I, I like John Rahm 
and I put the hex on him. I think he shot what a 76 or six over today. Um, but the leaderboard currently Bryson DeChambeau is up uh, with the with the four under Scheffler three under Corey Connors three under Adam Scott DJ all three under. Um, I did have Keegan Bradley here as one of my uh, dark horses here, but just your thoughts on the the course. And then uh, did you have any dark horses or or favorites you like and who do you like going forward? Yeah. Great course. You said it's like a U.S. open course. It's long, it's thick, rough. Uh, The scores are low. And we said the day, the high, the low score right now is minus four with uh, Bryson. Uh, So it's, it's definitely playing out like that. You know, it's hosted some good tournaments. I think the last major it was was 2013. Jason Duffner won. Oh yeah, uh, Duff Daddy, the the people's golfer. So uh, it's 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 a fun it's a fun track. So I'm excited the couple days here. Um, obviously the leaders. We know we can talk about DeChambeau. We can talk about Scotty Scheffler, who's seemingly at the top of every leaderboard, every golf tournament the last two years. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked Rom coming into this one as well. I thought that this would be a good opportunity for him. Uh, Corey Connors, so the guy I've, I've bet one a few times in, in some U.S. Opens and then and, and, uh, the Masters, and he just never really finds a way through. And he's sitting tied for second right now, at minus three. So he's having a good day there. And, uh, and my guy, Victor Hovland, um, so close so many times, tons of top ten, tons of top fives, um, had a good day, two under through the day. So those are the kind of the guys I'm watching out for there. And then you said it, Keegan as well. Um you know, killing it, rocking the the Jordan golf shoes. So happy to see him doing well in a tournament. Yeah, in the tournament, I circled Brad Keegan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, and Taylor Gooch as kind of my dark horses. Um, I don't, I, I Gooch, I think had a terrible day. I think Ricky also maybe a ho hum day. So Keegan's kind of my only, uh, my only um, dark horse here. Winners. Kind of top competitive guys I liked. I, I took a shot on Rom, which you know I might as well rip up that proverbial ticket. Uh, I liked Kepka and DJ and Scheffler. I mean, you kind of I felt like coming into this thing, you just got to fire on Rom and Scheffler in these majors. The the year they're having, it, it's incredible. And then I like DJ, and I think Brooks is getting a little healthy. Brooks two over, but I mean he's only six back, so. Um, maybe all hope isn't lost there. Is there anybody you like? I know you like Hovland. Is there anybody you like um, th- to make a run in this thing later this week or weekend? I mean, you got Rory plus one uh, tied for 33rd. Um, I think JT JT's plus two down here. Uh, Patrick Reed. We all hate him. I think he's plus two home is plus two. Well, uh, what, what do you like though? You like anybody make a run? Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple guys that you know they're they're hovering around that you know even un, one under uh, Justin Rose, perennial top golfer. Um, I, I think he's minus two right now. He's yeah playing playing good. Watch some highlights of him. I I, I like him. Uh, a dark horse I like is Harold Varner the third. Yeah, doesn't get a whole lot of recognition. Um, he's a good golfer. He's consistent, uh, but never really has that breakthrough tournament win, that breakthrough moment that you just like. Oh yeah, Harold Varner. You're not. He's not the person that comes to mind when you're making a bet on a on a, on a winner. So he's even right now, uh, tied for 18th in the standings. Th- those two guys are kind of the the ones I'm keeping an eye on after tomorrow. Uh, and if I had to go down, 
you know, some top 30 kind of guys. Um, Gary Woodland's plus 175 to top 30. And I don't know where he is at right now, uh, but he's a guy that can get hot, make a few shots and, and kind of make that cut. He, he's plus something three T64 right now. Same with the speed as well. So, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, I, I get it's golf. Anything can happen. I would say that the plus three cloud crowd on up uh, is still alive in this tournament to, to win the thing or make a charge. So, um, and I think I thought coming into this thing and I guess we'll see how they set up the course the rest of the weekend. I kind of thought like, Minus eight. I, I didn't think we'd get the double digits. I think, you know, minus eight, minus seven uh, kind of gets it done. Uh, didn't think we'd get the double digit scoring here. Just the course is so long um, and you kind of have to be precise. Don't want to get in that, that crazy rough. So uh, I guess we'll see. Honestly, it's a major. I get excited, but the, the PJ by far is the, the fourth rated uh, major in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I guess it's the flagship because it is the Professional Golfers Association. But, you know, there, I think there's a bunch of other, like the players um, at TPC Florida. I think that could be its own major. The Memorial here in Dublin, I think that could be a major if they ever decided to expand. Uh, the John Deere Classic, I think that's another great one. So, yeah, this one is just kind of I, – I, I miss it being um, in August because you, you kind of were like – it was the perfect – last major golf tournament before football season started. It was that last thing that got you over the hump to, to preseason in week one. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I kind of get, I mean, I, obviously I kind of get why they, uh, they did that. Honestly, trying to get all four majors like in four straight months, uh, together. But yeah, I, I agree with that. If it was more spread out more, um, I think it would help its uh, rating and, and viability and things of that nature. So, uh, but anyway, Imola, we'll move to racing. The final segment, we're flying through this puppy. Um, I mean, it's it's a disaster what's going on out there. I mean, flooding. So F1 and, and all the partners made a, a wise decision to uh, cancel, uh, postpone the Grand Prix. I don't know about a makeup date. Um, obviously, I don't think you'd have a different opinion on them. Uh, pulling the plug on it this week. No, I mean you know T's and P's to to northeastern Italy. There, I mean some of the scenes from that are that that's scary. I mean we we've seen flooding uh, our oh, yeah. entire lives living in in southeast Ohio, but never seen anything on on that scale. That that was that was very intense to watch. You know, seeing the the TV pin and the river right behind the main straight up coming into the track um right decision uh you said it they canceled it no makeup day as of now and you know honestly i'm you know i I like seeing like two races in italy but this there's other better tracks you know magello is a much better track for racing uh imola is kind of like uh a bigger monaco it's a it's a it's kind of like the the hungara ring you can't really pass. There's one passing zone. It's not wide enough for these big cars to go side by side and through corners. So not, not upset that we're missing out on it. Kind of sucks, you know, not having that Sunday morning race. Um, but it just kind of gives us a, another week to get ready for uh, Monaco and qualifying next Saturday. 
yeah, I mean that. I mean, we got a huge race weekend this weekend, but Memorial Day next weekend. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's outstanding to have Monaco, which is, you know, the glitz and glamour. Maybe not the best race in the world, uh, but the prestige, um, obviously. Um, and the venue is cool. Then you got the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola World 600, if you will, uh, coming up uh, later in the day next Sunday. So uh, very excited for that Memorial Day weekend. Um, but, hey, you did mention the Preakness. I got I got the odds pulled up here. Um, so National Treasure, 4-1. to one. Uh Chase the Chaos 50 to 1. Mage, the Derby winner, 8 to 5. Uh, Coffee with Chris, 20 to 1. Red, Route 1, 10 to 1. Perform, 15 to 1. Blazing, 7s, 6 to 1. And First Mission, 5 to 2. Um, is that only eight horses? I think I so. Guess, I guess so. Um, I guess my question would be two questions. Does, does Mage get two? Uh, step two in the triple crown, and if not, who would uh, what pony do you like, uh, here, uh, with the preakness stakes on the line? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that mage is going to come through and, and win the, the preakness here. Um, you know, typically we don't get multiple winners, you know, you have the rare super alt super horse. Um, I just don't mm-hmm. see it with, with mage. Uh, the first one you mentioned, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for them. I'm going to go across the board on them, uh, win, place and show, um, try to get some money, try to get a win on that four to one national treasure. Just watched mm-hmm. the movie the other night again for the umpteenth time. So it's an I, omen. I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling good about that one. I'll throw, throw a couple of nickels on that one and see what happens. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, mage did pay me. I had it across the board in the Derby. Um, so I feel like I have to put a little money on it. Uh, just to see if, it, I mean, I would bet it across the board, uh, not expecting it to be a hero and, and win uh, stage two here of the, of the uh, triple crown. Um, Red route one, 10 to one. I mean, kind of in the middle of the odds here. Uh, Mage was kind of in that 10 to seven to one when, when race time went off. Um, but, I, I mean, again, I'm not a huge horse racing guy. But uh, if May if Mage gets it done, that will that will get me to the Belmont. What if there's a Triple Crown on the line? Uh, I will I'll be invested there. Um, all right, let's move to NASCAR and then we'll get out of here. Darlington, the throwback race. Uh, just some takeaways. I will let you have the floor first. Uh, I I have thoughts, strong ones probably, but uh, your thoughts on the Cup race that was Sunday, Darlington last week. I thoroughly enjoyed the race. I, I, I thought the racing itself was good. Uh, obviously, we, we were big proponents of the throwback race. Um, you know, and, and like like our close personal friend, Danny, mentioned, it's it's either everybody's got to buy in or you got to move it around just because it not, with it, not every team buy it in. Uh, like, you know, the RCR cars with a history of amazing schemes. Um, some of the, like, like college racing, they didn't do anything. Don't know if it comes down to like, uh, you know, a cost thing to print the extra um, wrap or what. But when everybody buys in, it's, it's fun. So thinking back to those first couple of years. But the race itself, uh, really good. Uh, lots of action, lots of passing. Um, you know, there was good, a decent amount of tire fall off, it seemed like. Um, you know, 
and you could work your way back through the field. You know, you saw Martin Truex, um, you know, he got, got the accident at the end of the first stage, went to the back, had some issues on pit road. And by the end of the race, he's up there, top 10, top five. So you could work your way back through it. And I think NASCAR is hitting the sweet spot right now with these tracks um, that really play to the advantages of this car. Um, obviously the, the wreck there at the end, um, kind of stacked up some guys. You know, I had Chase Elliott as my winner, and he was kind of a top 15-ish guy the whole day, restarting in third, but the damage to his car just too much. Um, so top three, still still good if you bet it. Um, follow the advice there. But uh, Willie B, uh, in the car we both loved, uh, the throwback to the Gordon. Um, you know, he, he finds ways to win races, and um, I'm feeling pretty good about him in my final four this year after my preseason preview. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was I thought it was a really good race uh, in totality. Now, Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain again. He took out my boy Larson. Um, what I mean, it was probably going to be the last restart until they crashed each other, or, or Ross crashed Kyle. I mean, this guy, Ross, he's getting the comparisons. You know, some of the people in, in NASCAR media is like, he's good for the sport. You know, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. The, these guys were, you know, rough and tumble guys at certain points of their career and stuff like that. There's a big difference, though. Just because you wreck somebody doesn't mean the comparisons should stop there. Um you know, I watched Dale Earnhardt a lot in, in my childhood. I watched all of Kyle Busch and Joey Logano's careers, right? And it's like these guys have accomplishments, race wins, multiple championships, and not every race are they just knocking somebody out of the way. So it's it's just a little maddening that Ross has, has took out Larson like three times this year, and um, Larson's been crashed out three times out of the last four races. Um, so it's a little bit frustrating. Good that the five is in position to win races and has speed uh, as a fan, but uh, frustrating. But, yeah, William gets his third win of the year to lead the series. Uh, so good for him to be in the right spot at the right time and and win that thing. So, uh, again, thought it was a, a really competitive race. Now we shift our focus to the all-star race and the uh, and, and welcome back to North Wilkesboro. Uh, our our guy Jeff Gordon, the last Cup Series race winner, way back in the uh, September of 1996. Uh, so I'm a what seven year old, about to be an eight year old boy. Last time they raced the Cup Series race at North Wilkesboro. Um, Bobby, your thoughts on on bringing back this old relic? Um, I think North Wilkesboro was was built in the 40s or started racing in the 40s. Um, it's just cool that they're bringing it back, but uh, I'm sure you think that way, but I'll let you speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm excited for this. I, I, I was probably just starting uh, to really start to watch NASCAR in 96. Um, yeah. Young kids. So I, I probably don't even remember this race. Uh, um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't at all. So don't, yeah. don't feel bad. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't really see it on video games. We didn't see no. it until 2020 when, the pandemic brought it back on iRacing. So I'm excited for it. I think it's a good track. Um, if, if you've watched any of the, the cars tour, um, if you're on the flow racing or anything, get the subscription, it's tons of racing. Um, but they, they've had good racing on there. 
Junior has spoken highly about it. Harvick had some good things to say about it after the other night. So I'm excited to see what these cup cars can do on it. And obviously it won't be a 43 car field like it was in 1996. You know, it'll be in the 20s because um, last chance qualifiers, fan vote, and then previous winners all start yada, yada, yada. So I'm excited for it. Um, I saw someone came up with a concept um, to do if this was like the throwback race um, where uh, Terry Labonte ran the, the silver cornflakes car in 96 and they had Larson's mocked up with the Hendrick cars. It looked, Oh perfect. baby. It, it, it was awesome. And I, I wish that was what was happening, but I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. I think the, the way they've changed the, the schedule of, of the race itself, you know, with like the pit crew challenge, um, the heat races, and then the, the main with, you know, where only green flag laps count. I think that makes it a lot more interesting um, and obviously being here, the pageantry around it. And if you saw so many videos, um, the light show, um, and, uh, the infield and everything, it, it'll, it'll be awesome. I think everyone's going to love this and hopefully it becomes a points paying race next year. Yeah. I, I have, I have a couple things. Uh, the racetrack it's, I mean, it's, it's a, a five eighths mile, basically a little over, uh, just, you know, a quarter mile bigger than a half mile. So it's a little bit bigger than, your Bristol or your Martinsville, a little bit shorter than your Richmond uh, and Phoenix. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's a short track, obviously. Interesting shape to it, too. Um, I guess you go downhill in the one. Uh, the, the front stretch is slanted downhill. And mm-hmm. then just the natural topography of the racetrack, you kind of go uphill on the back stretch in <laughs> turn three and four. So. Um, kind of a challenging racetrack, and you mentioned they just sealed it. So we got a worn-out surface, um, tire fall-off uh, might be, or, or, or saving tire might be uh, a little bit of a strategy. And I know these races are going to be short races, but it's still pretty cool that that might factor into things this weekend. Um, and you mentioned the pit crew stuff as well. I think the pit crew challenge, it's it starts the heat race lineups, Uh you know, the order of finishing the pit crew challenge will line up the heat races for the guys already locked into the all-star race. And it also sets the lineup for the open, the, the, the last chance race or the B main or, or it's the open, I guess is what we call it now. So uh, I thought that was a pretty cool concept and the, the, the light poles that light up. That's the second time I've seen that Knoxville raceway out in Iowa, the sprint car capital of the world. They put those in last summer right before like the nationals and I was like, Oh, that's kind of a cool concept that, you know, they could do like a light show and, and light up the actual poles and, and have the lights flashing and stuff like that. And for uh, them to do that, the North North Wilkesboro makes me think, yeah, Bobby, you're probably right. There's probably going to be some more points bang stuff in the future here. Cause why the hell would you put those kind of lights and like they put in a new pit wall and, and uh, some bleachers, some sweets. I mean, it's done a facelift. It's still got that old school feel to it. Um, you know, the red and white striped wall. That's a, that's a classic old school look at a lot of racetracks uh, still to this day. But it was kind of the, the thing and the rage back in the 50s and stuff. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great venue. Uh, it's going to look great on television. Um, I know tickets sold out like in, in minutes, it seemed like, when they put them on sale way back uh, in the winter. So. But uh, I guess we've rambled on and on enough about it. Uh, I want to throw it to you first here, the Open. Uh, I'll give you some of the top 
odds uh, to win the Open. Josh Berry, the favorite, at plus 375. Ty Gibbs, plus 400. Ryan, P- Ryan Priest, plus 450. Eric Almirola, 5-1. to one. Uh, 12 to 1, A.J. Allmendinger, Michael McDowell, 13 to 1. Chandler Smith, um, 13 to 1. Todd Gillen, 15 to 1. Justin Haley, 16 to 1. Harrison Burton, 18 to 1. Noah Gregson and Corey LaJoy, uh, both 20 to 1. How about Ryan Newman, uh, 66 to 1 here? Uh, and then I'm going to almost list the whole damn lineup here. But uh, I feel like there's a couple guys that have that short track ace experience, maybe not at North Wilkesboro. Uh, but who do, who do you like in the open if you had to uh, choose a guy here? And I, the top four guys I've seen on these odds here, oh, I, I yeah. don't think you can go wrong with any one of those. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably go with Eric Almarola. I, mm-hmm. I feel like he, he, he excels in these races where he's not going up against the top of the top. Uh, he's, a, he's a good driver. He's not a great driver. So I feel like this is his, his area there. Um, I could see Harrison Burton. He's had a good run lately. He's got some bad luck. Um, you know, he gets caught up in some accidents that he maybe shouldn't be in. Uh, but a plus 1800 to win the open, I, I think that's good odds. And I mean, just for the hell of it, I mean, I'm gonna throw a dollar down on Ryan Newman at plus 8000 to win this thing. He, he out qualified Stuart Haas racing cars at Darlington. Um, you know, I think he, he can wheel a car around, and I think it'll be fun to cheer him on in that situation. I, I circled Priest when I seen the odds. Just, you know, he dominated, what, the first 150 laps at Martinsville. I think that's going to be probably the closest thing we've seen uh, to North Wilkesboro. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, I think Josh Berry obviously has late model experience here. Uh, so I think he's rightly the favorite. Um, Ty Gibbs. It's going to be pretty damn good, so I understand why he's there. I like your Almirola play because experience-wise and uh, equipment-wise and, and this uh, field of cars in the open, I like that. Uh, I think maybe taking a, cha- a chance at A.J. Allmendinger at 12-1. to 1. Um, Guy that's a road racer by trade, um, you know, breaking a short track. I, I feel like he might have a little leg up here, so I, I, I would – you know, you could bet on dumber stuff, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So, uh, but I would, I would go Priest at plus 450 right now. Um, but again, I don't know. Fords are a little bit untrustworthy this season. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit of a gamble there. Uh, now we go to, by the way, I'll make one more point. There might be people not familiar with the history of NASCAR and stuff like that, thinking like, oh, how many, like the winner of the non-qualifiers race, they have no chance to win the all-star race. Oh, contraire. Michael Waltrip, 1996 did it. Casey Kane. I don't, I forget the year, but Casey Kane came from the open and Kyle Larson came from the open uh, to win the all-star race. So it's been done three times since they've implemented the all-star race. So, I mean, just because it seems like a last chance race, uh, doesn't mean – I mean, they're probably going to start, obviously, in the back of that thing or near the back, but, uh, you know, strange things have happened. Um, the All-Star Race, here, here's your odds. Uh, your co-favorites at 7-1 is uh, Kevin Harvick and Kyle Larson. Joey Logano, 9-1. Christopher Bell, William Byron, Ross Chastain, and Martin Truex Jr., all 10-1. Uh, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin at 11-1 apiece. Kyle Busch, 12 to 1. Ryan Blaney, 16 to 1. 
Uh, Brad Keselowski, 20 to 1. Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace at 25 to 1 apiece. Um, yeah, those are kind of the notable guys there. Um, who, what, what stands out to you as a value play, or uh, you, you hitting on one of the favorites here? I, I you know, if I, I'm, I'm going to pick two favorites, and then mm-hmm. you know, my, my rooting interest and in who I think will be in contention. Looking at the short tracks this year, Phoenix, Bristol, Richmond, Martinsville, most of those have been won by Hendrick cars. Byron and Larson. So I, those 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 two guys, they're on a hot streak. Larson, when he finishes races, um, you know he's right up there front. So I think they mm-hmm. have probably the strongest short track package right now. Um, so those two are yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those. Um, but you know some some dark horses I have on this one. Um, I, I I like Kyle Busch at plus one thousand. I, I think you know exhibition race. No, no real pressure um and they're all gonna be having fun with this one so i think he'll be good there and then if his pit crew can you know get him some good starting spots um and, and not really lose anything for him i like denny hamlin at plus 1200 too I, I think you know he's been on a hot streak like he said um you know he could have done a little bit better last week but i i, I think at plus 1200 that's a good value play right there for you yeah, I uh, I would hit on Larson. Obviously, um, I, I like that at seven to one. I kind of I like Kevin Harvick, even though he's the co-favorite. I just think this kind of racing. I don't know. He's an old school guy. I know he didn't race at North Wilkesboro, but uh, I, I I like him. I like him coming off a, a top two last week at Darlington as well. So he's got a little mo. Um, I, I think you got to be kind of, you know. New tracks, it seems like Joey Logano always comes to the front. So I'm naming the top three favorites. But I think you get a little bit of a deal with – you mentioned Byron at 10-1. Uh, I like Denny. Barstow has him at 11-1. to one. Uh, I think Truex also at 10-1 to one is a nice play considering what he did out at the Clash. Uh, he was good at Martinsville as well. So um, I, I like that. I think Brad – my long shot, I guess, would be Brad at 20-1. to one. Again, Brad just he, mm-hmm. he's got a little momentum and he's been around a long time. I, I think these veteran guys might be uh an angle to look at, especially at a kind of a new racetrack. But everybody's gonna be on um equal footing. Um for the most part. I mean, you got some guys that's gonna run the truck race this weekend. You got some guys that opted, like you said, to run the cars tour stuff, uh with you know, with the late model stuff uh last night and the night before. And the rest um, probably just got sim laps off on iRacing. So equal footing, uh, there will be practice and stuff like that. But, man, uh, it's cool. And it's kind of what you and I for the last couple of years have been preaching NASCAR to do is just move the all-star race around. And if something sticks, uh, if something delivers every year, just keep going there. Like, I didn't hate it at Charlotte every year. It made sense. But what was it? COVID forced it to move to Bristol. Mm-hmm. The, the one year, or maybe they did Texas and then moved it to Bristol. Uh, I loved it at Bristol. thought that was a great, great race, and it made me think, like, man, short track might be the way to go uh, for the all-star race. So, uh, But I'm excited for it. You're going to be glued uh, to the TV all weekend long uh, watching everything on it. So, uh, yeah. Um, you're, you got any final thoughts on it? No, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I, I think all the eyes are going to be on it. I, I, I would recommend our listeners – um, if you have 
you know, FS1, check out some of these previews and some shows that they're running. Uh, Race Hub just had a nice little presentation on that. Um, a lot of the, the background and the story of how it came together. So uh, check all that out. And it, it really enjoy taking it all in and, and really enjoy the history of NASCAR coming back to life. No doubt, man. All right. Well, I, a, a quick one, a little later in the week, uh, life gets in the way. Uh, you had stuff, I had stuff. So, uh, but, uh, we got one out to you. And again, like I said, next week, uh, the plan is to just smash you over the head with, uh, motorsports again with, uh, Memorial day weekend coming up, uh, the best single day of racing, uh, in, in the world, I think next weekend. So we'll come back and talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk some NBA and NHL playoffs as those conference finals uh, roll on and uh, we get one step closer to crown the champion. But uh, anyway, Bobby, any famous last words? Let's get them tomorrow, so let's lick them tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at PodcockPCast, available on all major and minor podcasting platforms. Share it with a friend and an enemy. We don't care. Uh, as long as the show grows, we enjoy doing it. So we will see you next time, and we will bid you an adieu.